Welcome. Welcome to the Money Mentors Podcast. So as we like to do, we like to bring Matt on occasionally and talk about some things that are going on. And I know you know this, Matt, but most of our listeners now aren't going to know that. In 2024, Medicare Parts A, B, and if you have it, Medicare Part D, you may be paying a cost adjustment or more money for those benefits. And I think it says something about it based upon how much you earn. Yeah, so essentially how it works is every year on the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, they're going to go ahead and they're going to redetermine what monthly premiums are going to cost, what the standard rates are going to look like moving forward, and they're going to take that into consideration. They're going to set a monthly amount, and then based on your income, the more you make, the more that they possibly could want to take for your Part B and your Part D premiums. That's kind of nice that you know I get taxed when I make more. And now they're going to make me pay more for insurance because I'm making more. Yep, that's exactly how it's going to go. Same same type of uh, thought process with it, right? The more you make, the more they're going to want to take. Oh, that's <laughs> kind of a rhyme there, but I don't like it, but it's okay. Right. A lot of time we talk about open enrollment, and that's the Medicare season of that. But as we know, we've talked to a few people out there. They're not age 65. They're still wanting to retire, and they're worried about having premiums of $2,000 a month or or $1,800 a month. And there is an answer for that. Yes, there is. So when it comes to the marketplace, how it's based is, is all income driven, similar to what we just touched on on you know Medicare. The more money you make, the more that you're going to have to pay for these premiums when they come around. And it's the same concept when it comes to marketplace, the difference being marketplace will offer what what are called income subsidies. So based on the amount of money that you're making throughout the year, that's going to essentially put you into an income bracket, which is going to determine what the subsidies look like. And what the subsidies are, are essentially money that they're going to take off of the premium value for your marketplace plans when you look to sign up. And how the websites work and how the systems work is as soon as you put in your estimated income for the year, it's going to calculate your subsidies and it's automatically going to show you what the cost of those medical plans and what those premiums will be like minus what your subsidy amount was. So it works pretty well. So instead of going real specific, because again, there's a lot of adjustments that go in here and numbers and all that. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing we run into. People say, well, Gary, I've heard that I can't earn over this amount of money. Let's call it X. Otherwise I lose subsidy. And the answer is correct. Yes, you do. Mm -hmm. But there's income you can get from different sources that don't count as income against that. You know, Roth IRA money. Or we have other people that have saved up dollars and put it into their savings account, and they're going to use that. So they're going to get their first monies out of the account as total income coming out, taxable event. But they're not going to go over this threshold, if you call it, so that they can get maximum reduction in their cost of insurance premiums. Yep. Now, there is something that, hey, we've adjusted this, we know what we're doing, and then we set it up, and all of a sudden, I need money more than I expected. I got to help a family member or, what, or something out, and I go over that threshold. What happens? Do they, they take me to jail? No, they won't take you to jail. <laughs> what it will be is, is come tax time, they're going to they're gonna reconcile, right? They're going to look at checks and balances, and they're going to see, all right, what did you estimate for your income for the whatever the next year was that you were estimating for? They're going to look at that number, they're going to take that, and they're going to say, all right, you estimated to be here, your actual is here. 
you overestimated, you're more than likely going to get the tax credit come tax time. But if you underestimated, they're not just going to let it slide. They are going to come looking for that. And during that tax time, when your tax return comes back, that's when they'll come looking for that money. It's always important to make sure that your estimated is as close as possible. But as we all know, it's it's, it's really hard to get it right on the number. So plus minus a couple thousand dollars when estimating is okay. As long as you're keeping up with it, when things change, you're updating and keeping it live. You should keep your subsidies live as well. So we're talking about two things. If you just joined it, this is Matt. He's our specialist in the Medicare and, and open enrollment series, but also what we call marketplace health insurance. And marketplace health insurance is you're going out, you're going to buy it for yourself. You're no longer working. You have not available for your work. You're not of Medicare age and you got to go out in the marketplace. So some people go out there and say, okay, well, I've got this through my work and I want to keep the same company. Can they do that marketplace? Yeah, so the marketplace is open to all insurance companies who have products in it. So if you had a, you know, if you have carrier A and you want to keep carrier A, then when you come in and you sit down and you go through an appointment, carrier A is who we look for because we can sort, we can shift through. So yeah, if people want to keep what they have, we can keep it the same way for them and make that an easy transition so they're not trying to learn a whole new insurance company and product. And what about pre-existing conditions when it comes to the marketplace. So the marketplace isn't really going to look into your pre-existing health conditions. They're not going to underwrite you like what you normally would think that a health insurance would would underwrite you with. How these plans are set up and how these plans are based is it's purely driven off of income. So the income is really the factor. Your pre-existing conditions more come into play when we're looking for a plan that fits you to make sure that the coverages within that plan cover what you need, but you're not going to be charged anymore for anything that has you know your pre-existing conditions when you go to apply for the marketplace insurance. Yeah, and I knew that we had a client over in East Lansing, and she had to have uh, this medical shots on a regular basis. I'm not going to go into what it was, but it actually would have cost her like $7,000 a month. And when she went to the marketplace, she got the insurance that was in place. She paid just like she did when she was working, which was basically nothing because, again, her income wasn't up there. Even though they had more income coming in than they, they reported, it wasn't they were doing anything illegal, is that it's not reportable income. So mm-hmm. if you have money in your savings that you've saved or Roth IRA money and you're using those dollars to supplement what you're doing, they don't penalize you for those. They only penalize you for W-2 income or income over the threshold. Correct. That's reportable. Yes, that's reportable on your taxes, yes. Yeah. So as you go through this, what's really do you want to look for if you're looking at marketplace insurance? When it comes to the marketplace insurance, obviously everybody who comes in, the first thing that they think of in their head is the premium. What is it going to cost me per month, right? That's kind of the horror stories that are on out there. You know, you mentioned it earlier. I don't want to pay $15,000, $2,000 a month for my marketplace insurance. With those stories being out there and that kind of being the vision of what marketplace is, It's not that. (laughs) I mean, there are plans that can, yes, they can get pretty pricey based on what your income, as we mentioned, everything is income driven when it comes to marketplace, but all the plans operate similar to how group plans operate, what you're used to. But when we look at them, what we want to look at are common things. What are common events that take place? How do you see your doctor most often? Do you go to the primary care doctor? Are you going to urgent care? Are you going to emergency room? Do you have a lot of specialists that you're seeing? Those are the things that we want to look at. What are the costs that are associated with those? You know, Gary, if you were going to a specialist, um, you know, let's say it was a cardiologist and you were going in and you had to do that a few times a month, that's a coverage that we want to look at for you, right? Mm -hmm. But 
Joe Smith who walks in, you know, a random person who comes in for an appointment, they might not go see a specialist. The only thing that might be important to them is their primary care doctor. So then we look at plans that kind of suit to what they need. So there are tons of plans out there that kind of fit everybody. It's all about building the relationship, talking through the problem, finding the plan that suits the individual sitting in the meeting the best. And that's kind of how we operate with Marketplace. Now, I got to throw the word out there. It sounds like a snake, but it's Cobra. Yep. And so Cobra is out there. For most people that are working in Grand Rapids, they have a, an eligibility of possibility, as you should say, of Cobra. So why don't you go ahead and talk about Cobra a little bit and what we should look for. Does Cobra work or not work? The thing with Cobra is Cobra is good insurance for the people who who need it right away, right? So if you're leaving a position and you don't really have a fallback option, so say your spouse doesn't have any insurance or you don't know what the marketplace or you're moving and you don't know what insurance is going to look like and you need some type of coverage, Cobra is usually right there. But with that comes a huge dramatic change in price from what you're used to paying to what you're not used to paying. So to sit here and say that it doesn't work, that's not true, right? Mm -hmm. It works. It's a great insurance product. It's there for a reason. It wouldn't exist as long as it had if it didn't have some type of asset that it was giving. But at the same time, the price of it is so high that people can't afford to carry it always. And that's why the next step is to jump to marketplace. So a lot of people will come in, they'll be offered Cobra but they can't afford that price, so they're trying to find something on the marketplace to you know, subsidize that to make it a little bit cheaper for themselves. So to answer your question, Cobra Insurance works. It's good. It's a good product. It's just very pricey, and it's hard for people to cover that premium cost. Yes, because what Cobra really is is that you're picking up the employer's portion of what you pay and the part that you paid. So basically... The employer saying, yes, you can have insurance, but you're going to pay everything I pay. And mm -hmm. that's the rules. They can't cut that. They can't do a special deal. If you're not working there, you can't have it. So you can have the plan, but you can't have the discounts if, they would have, if the employer was going to pay you in essence. So once again, Cobra's there. It can be a good stopgap depending on what's going on in your world. But again, so you have Cobra, you have Marketplace, you have Medicare when you get to that age. Yep. Is there other things out there? I've heard sometimes that, you know, kids going to college and they're getting kicked off their parents' plan. What happens then? And it's really kind of depends on their situation. So most people, we think when they age out of their parents' insurance, so, you know, 26 turning to 27 years old, it's the, oh no moment, I need to figure out what I need to do for my insurance. And and a lot of people go through it and it's either at that point, you're getting offered insurance through a group, through your company. That's m the normal transition to it. But similar to, you know, people who come in here who are retiring prior to 65 and looking for insurance, marketplace is kind of the next option. So it it's always kind of the fallback if you're not going to get group insurance and you're outside of, you know, the age range of qualifying for Medicare. Marketplace is usually where you're going to fall back to look for the same options. And I got to believe a 27-year-old's much better than a 67-year-old when it comes to pricing health insurance. You would think that, right? You would think that that has a big part of it, but really with it being income driven, with oh. the whole process of the marketplace being income driven. Now, your age does come into play when when you know when you're looking into things, but with it being really based on the income, people who fall at 27 years old struggle to find something affordable, the same thing that people do at 62 years old. It's just kind of one of those things where it's meant to be there for people who aren't offered insurance through their group plans. But the premiums can be relatively high because it is a independent product that you're going out and seeking. 
So is it better when you're looking at marketplace to do it when it's not enrollment time like we're having now, or is it better to do it, you know, in the summer? Is there a case by case that makes sense to do it at certain time frames? No, it's it's all situational. It all depends on kind of where you're at, um, you know, because people, you know, lose their jobs in July and they lose them in December. You can kind of, you know, if, if something came up and you were to have to move to a different state, again, that can come at any time during mm-hmm. the year. So these special enrollment periods are granted during the marketplace where you can kind of make changes outside of the normal windows. But most of the changes that have to be made, if you're making a change, will be November to the end of December, kind of the open enrollment for marketplace. But again, that doesn't mean that you can't make changes kind of outside of that window. It's just kind of more set in certain periods of time. If somebody wants to come and see you and sit down and have a conversation, whether it's Medicare, Marketplace, or looking at that COBRA plan that they may or may not want to do, what's the best thing for them to do is besides making an appointment, what should they bring with them? Yeah, so usually when people come in, we ask them to kind of bring in their previous medical history and not their medical history as in what procedures they've have done in the past, but what insurances they've had, what they're used to having. A big transition when you hit Medicare age, if we just want to touch base on that, when you hit Medicare age, you're going into a completely new healthcare system, right? This is something that, yes, it can replicate what you're used to, but it is something that's so different in the fact that there's a lot of gray. It's not always white and black. There's a lot of gray in the middle of kind of how it operates. So that's one of those things that we want to be prepared for, knowing what you come from, what was your history, what what carriers have you used, which ones did you like? Because that, again, is all going to come into play when we're looking at plans, because the difference in the marketplace, and even when it comes to Medicare, the difference between plans is very, very, very minute things. It's not big astronomical differences. So we kind of like to build a profile of what you're used to so then we can keep you in something to keep you similar. So it's just simple stuff, bringing kind of your old history of what you've been on, what you've been using, and then we'll just sit down and kind of have a conversation back and forth, build a little profile, what we like to call a health profile for you. And then we kind of take that and we kind of use that as the roadmap to guide you for the rest of your journey taking into account their dreams, their goals, and their desires. Exactly, because that's another part that comes into it. Are they going to be traveling a lot? How often are they going to be moving? Because that's another part when it comes to plans. Do they have in-network, out-of-network? Where are you going to be at when you need services? So those, again, yep, we definitely try to consider every aspect of retirement that they're going to be taking place of when we look at their health. And I got to say that the one thing that I think is the most ridiculous, but again, there's a reason for it, If you sit down with your financial advisor, you cannot sit down with a Medicare specialist for 24 hours. 48 hours. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Check that. It's 48 hours. So in other words, if you come in and want to put your appointments back to back to kind of make this the day that you can take care of those things, you can't do it when it comes to Medicare. It's 100% a compliance rule. So as they're shifting, the program itself, the Medicare program grows. My interpretation of the rule is they're really trying to slow down the the soliciting of having someone come in for Medicare and then pushing other products on them. So they want to make sure that there's a split and that there's a difference between a Medicare appointment and a financial appointment when someone comes in. Because it's hard to tell, too, when you're looking stuff up online or when you're even, you know, when you call into Matt's and it's Matt's and financial, right? That's how the phones are being answered. So it's just to to clarify that this is Medicare and this is financial and they're just two separate appointments. And I can't believe anybody would get you mixed up with me or me mixed up with you. (laughs) Being a tall, good-looking guy like you and me and my gray hair, so. Yeah, but your beard is very nice right now. I'm kind (laughs) of jealous of that. (laughs) Fair enough. Moses may not keep it long, though. (laughs) Want weekly lessons from your money mentors? Yes. Hit the subscribe button now and listen every weekend on Wood Radio. 
The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Fee-based financial planning and investment services are offered by Matson Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products and services offered through Lakeview Financial Group, LLC, Matson Financial Services, LLC, and Lakeview Financial Group are affiliated. To find out if Matson Financial Services is licensed in your state, please call 800-536-8907.